But to me, it was a, it's called a modern day uh, Advent. But uh, makes you think what Mary and Joseph had to go through in order to bring Jesus into the world. You know, first of all, Mary, <clears throat> the love that she had for God because she agreed to carry Christ into the world, already being engaged and knowing, I mean, they said to him, she pondered on this. So she had to think a little bit about, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm engaged to Joseph. I'm going to be married, but I'm going to take on the child. And what my dad say? He's a priest, my mom. But she agreed to, after thinking about all that, she, she totally committed herself to bringing Christ into the world. And then Joseph, you know, the Bible says that he was going to discreetly get rid of her. I mean, not get rid of her, but divorce her, put it that way. Because back then when you were engaged, that's like being being married. You just didn't come together yet. And he could have had her stoned to death. Uh, but, but here, when she stepped out to carry Jesus, God went over and spoke to Joseph. Then everything, as the long run, all, it all come together for God's perfect will. But it's love, you know. Some people thought they were crazy for a moment, you know. How many of us ever, you know, when you got born again, people thought you were crazy? They remember how you used to be, and all the used to be a lot of fun and stuff, and how man, you're not this. You take this Jesus thing too far, you know. I used to get on my wife about that, you know. You go to church three times a week. I go twice a year. I'm fine, you know. Thank you. But once you get born again, once you get to know Jesus, oh man, you just you rejoice when it's time to come together. But we're looking at the love that uh, that Christ is as part of His attributes. We looked at hope and joy and peace, and today's love. And so I'm going to ask my bride if she would do the reading today, because I know you haven't been able to participate a lot in the. You can sit there. Let me get you a mic for me. Here you. Here we go. Huh? <clears throat> there you go. The fourth candle of Advent is the candle of love. Its light is meant to remind us of the love that God has for us. Jesus shows us God's perfect love. He is God's love in human form. The Bible says that God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. Love is patient. Love is kind. And envies no one. Love is never boastful or conceited, rude or selfish. Love is not quick to take offense. It keeps no record of wrong. It does not gloat over other people's troubles, but rejoices in the right, the good, and the true. There is nothing that love cannot face. There's no limit to its faith, to its hope, to its endurance. Love never fails. And we light this candle today to remind us of how God's perfect love is found in Jesus. When we look at Jesus and we look at His attributes, and as Carol just shared, what Brother Paul had written about love, and he wrote that he wrote about Jesus. Inside of us who lives, inside of us, Jesus. Amen? And so, this, his desire is that if we follow him, that these same attributes 
to the Holy Spirit will come out of us. But in us, that love is patient and kind. And means no one. You don't get jealous over somebody else's uh, blessings. Amen. Love is never boastful, conceited, rude, or selfish. Uh, you know, we are born in sin and we have a selfish nature from the very beginning. I mean, you take two toddlers, put them in a room, two years old, and put some toys there. There can be 20 toys there. They're going to fight over one. You know, that's my, you know. Uh, it wasn't intended to be that way. They're going to be sharing. But, you know, we're born with sin nature, but when you come to Christ, surrender your life to Him, the Holy Spirit will guide us. And you lose that selfishness. It's all about giving. Giving to others. What do I have, Jesus, that we help somebody else with? Amen? It's not quick to take offense. And folks, we're living in a time right now. We are so near the coming of the Lord. I believe the pressure is so heavy on people. And uh, people are offended very, very quickly anymore. Have you noticed that? Don't look at me when you shake your head, Carol. <laughs> but we do. We, we think, ah. Oh. And we can understand that we're all in this pressure cooker right now. And, and everything is... Life today is not the same as it was ten years ago. Five years ago, three years ago, even two years ago. And we're adjusting to it. Not surrendering to it. But that pressure is on every Christian out there. And even the non-believers got it worse than we do. So we got to understand that when someone offends you, says something to you, take a moment. Just take a moment before we open our mouth up and say something. Amen? That, wow, okay, God. When Jesus, what would Jesus do? You know, I mean, it might be a cliche, but truly to do, to check that. See what he, he already done. He keeps no records of wrong. <laughs> Daryl, I remember what he did last year. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and I remember the year before that even. You know? And I'll, I'll tell you, four years ago, I remember what you did. You didn't give me a Christmas present. Yeah. But the Bible says that God, He takes our sins as we confess. And He throws them to the, I call it the lake of, of forgiveness, never to remember again. If God can forgive me my sins and not bring them back up to me, can I do the same for you? Can you do the same for one another? Can we love without taking offense? And when you, we forgive somebody, when my wife forgives me, she forgives me. She might want to bring it back up to me, but she doesn't. Do you? Amen. Try not to. It doesn't gloat over other people's troubles. You know, it doesn't gloat. Doesn't. I told you. <laughs> Look what happened to them. About time. My neighbor never goes to church. They walked out this morning at three flat tires. Get him, God. <laughs> oh, we can do that. Oh, we can do that. You know. Now the thing he wants us to do either go over and offer to help him, or call AAA. You know, I couldn't change a tire on my back, probably, but I can call it triple A. At least share compassion, not to gloat over things like that, you know. It's, when people who are very obnoxious and, and uh, fool themselves, okay, and they have nothing good to say to you, is always look down at you. And the moment that something in their life falls, 
that's the perfect time for us to come and lift them up and show the love of Jesus. You know, I know everyone say, yeah, <laughs> about time they got that. But no, uh, the new nature we have of Christ is, hey, let me help you back up. We help me for I just, I cussed you out last week. Well, that's okay. And this is today. I understand you have a lot of pressure. Whatever might be gone in their life. But let me help you out on my lands. I mean, that's how, that's what Jesus did to you and me. Probably every one of us here, were, at least most of us, were at the bottom of a rail, of, of a ladder. Everybody else was stepping over top of you. But there was Jesus. And in His Spirit, He reached down and said, let me pick you up. And you felt His love and His embrace around you. And all them troubles you've gone through, you still had them, but they felt so far away. Because now you had purpose. You had somebody who loved you. But you was down at rock bottom. So, I don't know why I keep saying rock bottom over this way. But, uh, but so, I believe that's going to be the main thing in this world today is that we're looking for this and this to take place. I, I think, oh, God's love, this country is going to hit rock bottom. All the crutches that people have been using, uh, needing, but using, is going to be pulled out. And the two things are going to take place. Either men and women of God's going to be there to lift them up and show God's love, or Satan will be there to devour them completely. I believe that's where we're headed as, as, as a nation, as a people, out of God's love. I know it, it's not doom and gloom, it's just the coming of the Lord. But things have to be removed out of God's love in order for their eyes to be looking up like, oh, this government is supporting me like it's supposed to. This party says they take care of me. But there's Jesus. We'll have that opportunity before long. At a greater, greater way we do now. But we rejoice in the right, the good, and the true. And we should always find something good in everything we're going through. And talk about that. Now, I'm a spin doctor here during the week. People will come in that door and they're complaining about everything, you know. And I try to spin around, okay, but what did Jesus say? Don't talk about that. Try to bring it around. Find something good. Because it's easy. You get two or three people in the, in it together, and one starts complaining, they're all going to jump on the bandwagon, right? And before you know, and I'm not saying you don't, we don't have complaints, but before you know, you're down like this, you're grumpy, and but find something good about it, you know? Brother David, they're sitting there. Actually, how's your car running? Well, not running right now. He got it parked out at his brother's house, I think it is, right now, to get the parts and stuff for it. Well, he lives up there on, on the hill, and he got out walking down the church today in his eyes, and uh, uh, the Victory Baptist Church bus pulled in there, and they canceled kids' church today, right? Seen you walking, picked him up and brought him down here. <laughs> and dude, he got out here, and then, boom, he went on down to the other church there, you know. Just, uh, yeah, he just has a way of, of taking something... Complain about it, you know. Oh, I'm still going to a church today, and the Baptist gave you a ride. <laughs> he didn't charge you, did he? <laughs> no, no, no. 
There's nothing that love can't face. There's no limit to his, his faith, his hope, and his endurance. But God's love he has for us will never fail. As we have love for him, continue. As Carol read there in John 3.16, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send the Son into the world to judge the world, but that the world might be saved through him. God gave a piece of himself. He gave his Son for us. For our salvation. To rescue us. And today we look at it, he is asking us to do the same thing. To give a piece of ourselves to this world. To rescue them through Jesus Christ. To share the gospel. To live the gospel. And prepare people for the coming of the Lord. And it's love. You'll be like the Master. You'll be persecuted. People will turn on you. Family members will think you're crazy like that video. They'll say, man, they're nuts. But they don't realize how crazy you are until they come to know Jesus. And they man, thank you for your craziness. They can be good to be crazy. It's been on what you're crazy for. But just the one gift that we all have of salvation is to share that gift with the world. First John 4.10 And this is love. That we love God. but that, Not that we love God, but that He loved us and sent His Son to be the propitiation of our sins. Hmm. He loved us first. And what that means there is that Jesus' sacrifice, His blood, is the last sacrifice. It covers our sins completely. Think of that. Nothing else. Sometimes you think, "Well, oh, man, I really messed up today. I better give another 20 bucks in the offering today. Right? Because you feel so bad you want to cover your your, your your sin's covered by the blood of Jesus. Amen? That's it. Like, like the word came out today, faith. Your, your faith, your salvation is having faith in Jesus Christ. That's how you get to heaven through faith. We feel bad when you sin. We sin, we do. Talk to God. Hey, I, blow it. I know you did. Keep on going. There's nothing else. You, 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 can't, you can't work your way to heaven. You know? And the days that you don't feel like you're a Christian, you're still a Christian. You're still following Jesus. Amen? We have to have that in our, in our spirit and our hearts, man. But in the days you don't feel like praying for somebody, that's the day you still pray for them. Because God's Word isn't based upon your feelings. It's based upon His Word. Uh, I'll go tell and pray for something. Oh, not today. I don't feel like it. And we all can be there at one time or another. But then what we're saying is, hey, listen, God's Word won't work unless I feel like it. And if I feel good about it, it'll work. But today, uh, I don't pray for my life. Nah, I don't feel like it today. Again, if we do it that way, was saying that God's word can't work without me. And it's his, word, his spoken word. Faith is awesome. But speaking the word out. That's what God wants us to do. To remember that. Don't go upon our feelings. 
in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates His own love towards us and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. God demonstrated His love for you that while you were still sinning, Jesus died for us. So those who are sinning against you right now, those who have nothing to do with you or obnoxious to you, but they might you might work with somebody right now and they just love to just to uh, but it doesn't see you get frustrated. That they it won't make your life miserable. Anybody like that? Make your life miserable. Marty, don't look at Chuck. <laughs> nah. Brenda's laughing Fred back here. I'm not sure what's going on either, you know. <laughs> okay. Well, I, I gave you a break, huh? I mean, I didn't give you a break. You got it broke, but yeah. But we have to remember this. When you were separated from God, when you were living in, the, in your great world of sin and enjoying the sinful lifestyle, Jesus still died for you. He still had a heart for you. He still wanted to see you rescued. He still wanted you to come to the knowledge of Him as Savior and Lord. How did He do that? Through love. So remember that one that's trying to turn you all the time, the one that's always irritating you. God doesn't expect anything more but nothing less than what He did for us is to love them. The Bible even tells us, man, when you get somebody really irritates you, they really they just can't stand be around you. When you show them kindness, it's like heaping coals upon them. You know, it really burns them up. But we do that for for the gospel's sake. We do that for salvation. See, when 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 we receive this free gift of salvation and we invited Christ into our life, He said, "I'm going to come in. I'm going to live in your life." So imagine just for a second, if you can, that Jesus is putting on you. Okay, He's putting His arms through your arms and His legs and His mind. Okay, and you're actually Jesus walking on earth now. You follow me on that? Yes. Now, the only thing Jesus can do is what you allow Him to do. And if you say, oh, yeah, well, oh, there's Daryl. He's sitting in the wrong chair today, you know. <laughs> uh, I can't stand Daryl. I'll go back here to David, okay? Wow, is that Jesus? It's not. No. Yeah, I might have to say, okay, Lord, come on. I'm going to see Daryl. Raise up inside of me today. I don't want to slap him today, okay? Because I want to share your love. I'm just being honest, okay? There are some people really tough to be around, not Daryl. So you pray before you go, before you're around them. God, not my flesh, but your spirit, you know. And man, when you walk in there, man, this peace comes over you. And you're doing the work of the Lord. That's why he wants to remember that he's not asking you to do anything more than what he's already done for you. If you receive this gift, man, you're on fire for him. I mean, you know that you've been rescued from the pits of hell, that God in heaven loves you. That Christ surrounds you. And he entrusts you to carry the gospel to the next person. What greater job is that? You know, you think the President of the United States is a powerful position. That's nothing compared to a Christian. A follower of Jesus. A practicing following of Jesus. Oh. I don't have a watch today. So let me know when it's 2 o'clock. <laughs> I do want to say something about me. I don't have to wear a wedding ring anymore. <laughs> and neither Carol. 
Uh, oh, sorry, remember, we had them cut off the other day. They were getting really tight on our fingers, swelling up and stuff. So we had them removed, and we're getting hers put on a chain around her neck. So I don't think there's something going on with Pastor and his wife there and stuff, you know. It's just, uh, it was 46 years and two months it was on there, and they cut it off. I thought, oh, freedom! <laughs> no. <laughs> but yeah, that's what's going on there, so. <laughs> so Second Corinthians 4, 6 says, What's that? <laughs> nah. For God who said light shall shine out of the darkness is the one who has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. Mm. Light shall shine out of darkness. And one time we were in the dark. Amen. And Christ came into our life. Now He shines in our life. Now, wherever you go, you take the presence of Jesus with you. That's what Sharon Debbie earlier in her testimony, you know. Where she goes, she goes to work, she's in the care centers. Man, the love of Christ is there. It gets there before her. she does. You guys remember, uh, I think it was Linus on Peanuts. How he, he's the one that walked, had all that dirt around him all the time. Had the blanket, was that Linus? Pigpen, okay. <laughs> Pigpen. Okay, Pigpen, Pigpen, okay. Well, his dirt got there before he did. You knew he was coming. You, you know, I can imagine you start sneezing because, oh, here comes Pigpen, you know. Well, that's the way we are, well, not the Pigpen part, but that's how we are as Christian. When the presence of God, and we walk into the room, man, that spirit, it, it starts changing things. Boy, there's something different in here. There's something going on here. What could it be? There's something about you. There's something about you. That spirit of God in us resonates. And it will cause either people to be drawn to you more, or people will run away from you because of the darkness in their life. Okay? But that's what, that's what we have in our life. And we make a difference. Just being there. Wherever you're at. And then, man, when God lays upon your heart, man, somebody here has got issues going on, just start praying. Not saying we're praying, we you got to lay hands on them. We just start praying. This, this binding that spirit is coming against people. And right now, the spirit of heaviness, which we call it depression, is really running rampant. Because huh? Satan will try to take people back or your, our minds back to days gone by and try to bring depression upon many people. Yes, Christmas aren't the same the day they were. Last year, year before, year before. But what we look at, we look at the, the coming of the Lord. We look at, man, the marriage supper of the Lamb. We look at the great reunion we got coming of all our loved ones in a place called heaven and sit there at the Master's feet for eternity. That's what we got to focus on. Not to go back of what we don't have anymore. Look what we got and what's coming our way. Mm. And then Romans 6.23 it says, for the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. Look at that. The free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And I know the younger you are, it's harder to think about eternal life. Because you got all this life here on earth, you're going to live yet. For us more mature people, uh, that eternal life is better all the time, right? Amen. But sadly, we saw this past week that uh, at the age of 18, you can step into eternity. So eternity from this world can happen at any time. 
uh, for ourselves, we may say, well, we've got till tomorrow. Yeah, but I've been a follower of Jesus. But, but, but I want to enjoy life a little bit longer. And I'm telling you, there's more enjoyment in life as a Christian as there ever was in my days of sinning. Uh, I mean, it's just awesome. Uh, so, we don't ever want to be intimidated by not sharing the gospel. Uh, if you're here today, you, I mean, if you don't know, if Jesus isn't your Savior and Lord, if you're not a follower of Christ, I urge you to sit there and talk with Him and, and talk with me. This is what's keeping you back. I'm not talking about being a church pew setter. I'm not talking to somebody who marks down, yeah, I've been to church 48 times this year. I got a perfect record this year, 52 times. It's awesome that you're coming. We're talking about committing your life to Jesus Christ, to receiving Him truly as forgiveness of your sins, of your waywardness, of the ugliness that we lived in. To recognize that without Christ, you're separated from God for eternity. Now on earth, Isaiah 59 Jesus says, God, we hear our prayers because of sin blocks that. If the Word of God isn't important in your life, please listen to me for a moment. If this isn't your life, if your decisions aren't made upon what this book says, if your attitude isn't, if everything that you do, if this isn't that you're absorbing, if this, then I'm telling you, you got to change your life. Please, and I'm not angry. I get tired of the devil. I get tired of displacement. I get tired of people saying, well, you're okay the way you are. You don't need to change. God loves everybody. God won't send anybody to hell. I'm telling you right now, God won't send anybody to hell. People go to hell who choose hell. And once the minute you're born, you're born with a sin. A sin debt. And the Bible says when we reach the age of accountability, which 8, 10, 12 years old, a decision. We're, we need to make a decision. That's what he tells us parents to raise their children in the ways of the Lord. Which I didn't. I was 43 years old before I come to Jesus. I raised my kids to be good guys. Thank God for my wife to take them to church. And everything they are today is because of God. But folks, time, I mean... If you have to shut yourself in the mirror, if you have a blockage in your life right now, I want this, I just, I don't know how to do it. Lock yourself into your room, in your house, or wherever you go, and you read, and you pray, and you say, God, God, I need you, I need you, I need you. Tear down this mountain. Whatever this thing is around me that's preventing me from falling in love with you, God, I want you, I need you. Seek him out where you still can. How many conversations a day do you have about Jesus to other people? The main question is how many conversations you have with Jesus about you. Amen. It's great to share the gospel. But man, we need it in our life. Oh man, I can't wait in the morning. I mean, I've talked before. I I got born again until this day. Wednesday, Wednesday come around, I'll be over there working. Uh, and oh, Bible study night. Woo, I get to meet my brothers and sisters. And just can't wait to get to, get to church. Sunday mornings. I mean, it's just... Uh, there should be a... A heart should be, oh man, I get to go to church today. Not that I got to, I get to. 
And if it's not there yet, I mean, this time you can't come to church. Amen? I'm not getting on that. But you have that desire of being fellowship, you know? Because the order we get, sometimes our bodies are working. We notice a few people not here today. I'm glad they're not. I, I mean, I'm glad they use wisdom because ice was pretty bad in some spots today. I don't mean that in a bad way, Carol. <laughs> I know. Yeah, but folks, we, I pulled out front here. And I about fell down. I had to throw salt out here and stuff. If I had been here earlier, could we run late today? I had to help somebody. No. I would probably call a lot of people and say, you better stay home. I mean, the sidewalk was fine, but the park came back here. It's a skating rink back here. Penny came back here and she did a couple of little dives back here. But, uh, uh, so again, use caution. You know, if you're, if you're, if your house, your place is bad at home, stay home. Okay? Um, and if you can, text me and say, hey, we won't be here tonight. Like, Vicky text me today and stuff. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, you can stay home, get, open your Bible up, or turn on some good preaching from the TV set, you know. Uh, but it's having that desire. It'd be more like, oh, man, I can't go to church today. My driveway's too bad. But you have that desire, amen? It's in your heart. Or, man, I want to go to church today, but, man, my back. I can't, I can't hardly walk today. We have that desire, amen. And that's what that's what that's what he needs to be in our life. Like, oh man, give me some life. Depression, ah, wisdom, strength. Looking for a husband or wife, huh? Look in the Bible. He'll tell you what man or woman be looking for, amen. But the number one thing of everything, every promise he has in the Bible, everything he has for us. It all comes, number one, by seeking Him. By seeking Him, the attendance to His Word, and then following Him. In the last verse to His love today, I'll share with Matthew twenty-five thirty-four. The Master is speaking. He says, And the King will say to those on His right, Come, you who are blessed by My Father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of of the world. All the trials you might be going through and the tribulation that's coming against you, all the rejection you might be having and, and persecution that started uh, because of loving Jesus, hey, it's going to be worth it. It's going to be worth it. You know, I don't know what the married supper lamb's going to be that completely, but can you imagine sitting across a table and there's somebody right there that used to uh, cuss you out all the time and you share the love of Jesus, and they come to know Christ, and sitting beside you is somebody that you used to cuss out all the time, and they still witness to you, and, and there they are sitting together. All this stuff we're going through, compared to what Jesus did for us, is doable. How did Jesus over, overcome all the obstacles? To the Holy Spirit. Who do we have? We have the Holy Spirit. What did Jesus do? He stayed in prayer. Always in communication with the Father. Always understanding what He had to do. What He wanted to do. And folks, we do the same thing, but we can't do it any less than what He did. And that is staying in communication. I love it when Jesus is in the garden. He's all, you know, He's saying, Hey, Dad, listen. If you can change things, man, let this cup pass from me. You know, it's just too much. Jesus was in a physical body. Amen? He felt pain. He felt things, okay? He said, Oh, Dad, I just can't do this. I, I just, I just, 
But as he's talking to the Father, he was strengthened. He said, wait, wait a second. Hey, not my will, Dad. Let thy will be done. And he went to the cross. And ourselves the same way. You, you have those moments, God, I can't do it. I, I just, I, God, I just can't, I can't. And, and the Holy Spirit will bring back the words of God. He'll strengthen you. Yeah, I can do this. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And you carry on the calling He's given you. And that is to love one another. Love your neighbor. Pray for those who persecute you. And make a difference in the world for the Master. Amen? But the whole theme today was love. We got His joy. We got His peace. And we're standing on His hope. And Saturday we'll celebrate the greatest gift to ever come to mankind. That's when God Himself came in the human form. Amen? Amen.